Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key. And friendships are made to last a lifetime. You think we got him? You think we got him? We got him. You said that yesterday. All right, Skylar, what do we got here? We got a Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Women of the Wild podcast. I am your host, Linda White, and today my special guest with me is Samantha Fell, and she is one of our ambassadors, team members, know everything out there kind of girl. So <laughs> Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I have to put out there that you know everything because you seem to be the one that I keep going to for, hey, can you figure this out or can you do this? So you're <laughs> you're my jack of all trades. Well, that's that's a very big compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I know everything, but I know some things. <laughs> well, you seem to know everything that I need to know about. So I like it. You so, can call me a right hand man. That there works. you go. There you go. <laughs> so um, Samantha, let's let's talk a little bit about how you got involved in the outdoors. You know, what, what really kicked things off for you and, and all the fun stuff you've been doing. Oh man. I mean, just the outdoors in general, I think ever since I could walk, my parents probably set me outside, you know, interestingly enough, you know, I've spent most of my life in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Um, but a few years in my childhood was actually spent in South Florida, <laughs> Due to, you know, certain things with my family, my mom's mom, yeah. um, she got very sick at one point. So they kind of moved down to Florida to be closer to her during that time. And eventually we found our way back up to the UP when I was about six years old, because um, I think my parents were just ready to move out of like the bigger city area that we were in. Um, and then on my dad's side, for many, many generations, we had a hunting camp in uh, Barriga County up here. And so they're very familiar with the UP and I think mm -hmm. they decided, well, let's move the kids up there, move closer to the cabin. And I think, you know, it, it very much worked out that way. But um, it's kind of interesting because, you know, my little bit of my time in Florida of all places, you know, I, I grew up, you know, catching catfish off of a dock and catching lizards and all that. And then I'm six years old and I'm making snow angels for the first time and all these things. And <laughs> um, so, you know, when we moved up here um, during those earlier years of my life, you know, I got to go to the 
the cabin that we had in the fall and you know was very much exposed to hunting because my dad was an avid deer hunter um avid grouse and um, bird hunter and of course we did a lot of fishing i mean i've done fishing mate like my whole life i mean um every so often when i go back down to florida to visit my relatives there we'll go out and catch all kinds of crazy things down there and um just living up here we you know do a lot of pan fishing in the summertime um, catch a lot of brook trout in the rivers so it's just kind of been something that's always just been a part of my life but i didn't really do any hunting myself until these past recent years of my adulthood so why is that yeah so i think a few things i mean we unfortunately had to sell our hunting cabin when i was in high school um so i kind of lost that connection right mm -hmm. and then of course i get to college and i i went to northern michigan university up here which has several opportunities for hunting and, and fishing and everything but i i think i pretty much was the usual college kid that spent most of her time doing schoolwork working going to the gym and socializing you know and that that's not the bad thing but um you know then i graduated college in 2018 got my big girl job and i moved actually to the metro detroit area which i figured out very quickly is not where i belong <laughs> but um when i when i moved down there you know i was like wow okay this is the first time in my life i really feel like i have time to actually think about a hobby right or like doing something else yeah um, with my free time because I was working but I didn't have homework and you know just there was suddenly just this extra time that I was able to tap into right, right. so I've always loved horses actually so I for that period of my life spent a lot of time at the barn I leased a couple different horses and just really enjoyed that um and then eventually I found my way back to living up here in the UP and again was still riding horses doing all that and just enjoying more of the you know other things to do around here and, and fished a lot but um uh, let me think here I guess specifically it was fall of 2021 I was really adamant of like you know I really I really want to get myself a deer and I think these years of my adulthood I was probably stuck in that mindset that I I would say a lot of girls fall into of like, oh, well, I need someone to take me. And mm -hmm. I think it's a very fair assumption because for one, I mean, I I grew up shooting guns, right? Like at our cabin growing as a little wee little lass, you know, I, I shot <laughs> shotguns and rifles, pistols, all that, but I was never like mentored to like how to get out there and, and hunt. And I was like, well, I don't feel comfortable going on public land by myself yet. All these different factors were kind of adding up. So I was like, okay, I just, I need to figure this out. And eventually I kind of networked and uh, found someone to kind of mentor me for that fall. And they put me in a spot and then I shot my first deer and then it was all downhill from there, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I could actually do it. Um, and what's interesting is when I got that deer, it was, I think, one of the few nights that week that I went out that I was completely by myself, too. Oh, wow. Which, that's what really got me 
realizing, you know, oh, okay, this is something I'm capable of doing, right? Because mm -hmm. I had that confidence, okay, I can handle the firearm on my own. I can walk out there by myself in the dark and not think about all the thousands of things that could be hiding out there. <laughs> and just being able to, um, you know, when the moment finally presented itself, focus in and just, you know, make it happen. Yeah. So after I that, I can understand that. I can understand that big time. Like, because the very first time that I ever went trapping by myself, um, I had a coyote in the trap and I was like, whew. So now I got to take care of all of this. I got to do all the things. <laughs> I'm like, all yeah. right, <laughs> big girl panties, let's do all the things. <laughs> um, and then when you have this, when you have this animal, so it's a little bit different than you, you know, than, than mm -hmm. deer hunting. But when you have this animal sitting there looking at you like, yeah. all right, either you're going to shoot me or I'm going to bite you, it yeah. gets real, really quick. So <laughs> it, it I understand did. that. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I'll, I mean, everyone says they never forget their first year, but like, this was, I. it was crazy. I mean, the whole, I always tell the story like it's some big grand thing, but it, I mean, basically, it was <laughs> kind of a smaller little five point buck, right? But big enough for me. Um, yeah. So, and I remember it was looking at me dead in the eye before I pulled that trigger, and it was just the craziest thing. And I remember pulling that trigger and thinking, Oh my gosh, I just fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, I gotta remember what to do next. And and that, you know, you do nothing. You sit there and you wait and you wait. And yeah, it was a very ethical shot. Found him like, I don't know, less than 50 yards away. Perfect. Oh, wow. You know, everything I could have wanted. So well that that sounds a little different than my first deer. So my first deer, I I shot her. Well, I, I should I should back up a little bit. So my husband like always talked about how, you know, if you want big bucks, you got to let bucks grow. You know, you don't shoot the little things because you want to let bucks grow. So this, this little, um, it was a, it was a six point, but it was a smaller six point that walked in yeah. and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't shoot that. I got to let it go. I got to let it go. And my husband was like, when I came down off the hill the first time, He's like, why did you not shoot it? I'm like, because it's a little buck. And he's like, but it's your first one. So you could have totally done that. So I went back up with the, the mind frame that I was going to shoot this buck today because yeah. we had had it on the camera coming in and out. And um, I sat there, I sat there, I sat there <laughs> and it never came back in. And this little doe came in and I'm like, I'm just shooting it. <laughs> 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 like I'm not waiting anymore. I'm shooting. Yeah, and I did, and she dropped right there. And Perfect. I always, well, but I've always heard that they like they run off and die. Right. So yep. I was like, I must have done something wrong. <laughs> I, I was like, she just dropped. Yeah. Like, what do I do now? What happened? And it was it was so funny because <laughs> I said I called my husband and I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, what do you mean? What do you do? And I'm like, she's laying on the ground in front of me. And he's like, I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> and I was like, That's great. I'm like, uh, so it was my little blonde moment, but I like, cause I've always heard about, you know, like, yeah, you're going to track the deer. You're going to do this. You need to sit in the stand a little bit, give it some time, then go try, you know, all this stuff, like all the things that you learn in, in your hunter safety course and all this. So, yeah. so I was, I was doing that, but that wasn't, what I, you know what I mean? So I was sitting there and I'm like, yeah. 
well, now what do I do? <laughs> like, no. it's just there. That's funny. You had this, a similar situation, um, actually, to my archery deer this year. Like, it it dropped right there. And I was like, that that was my first thought, too. I was like, oh, no, something went wrong, you know? Right. <laughs> like, it didn't happened. run away. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, glad it worked out for you just like it did for me. Yeah. And I, I'm with you on that, too, of, like, letting bucks get bigger. And that's totally how I view it here too. But in the UP, our, our deer population has changed so much over the last few years or decade or just over time. Um, it's, it's very hard to get doe tags during rifle season these days. A lot of units, you have to apply for one. Um, so when I was doing that first hunt, my only option was a, a buck tag. So at that point, it kind of turns into, well, I, I would like some meat in my freezer, you know, but. Um, right. So. Yeah, I don't blame you on that one. So yeah. you've mentioned that you, you also were, you bow hunt now too. Yeah. So uh, let's see, last year in the spring, uh, I decided, I was like, all right, this is going to be the year I get into archery because, well, one, I've always wanted to, but uh, like I said, with like the deer population up here. Yeah. Um, like I said, you have to apply to get doe tags in certain areas for, for rifle season. Um, but in archery season, you can you can get doe tags uh -huh. um, more easily. So I, I really did that because I didn't want to take another small buck this year. Um, and so, so yeah, I got my first bow, I think it was back in April, started shooting all summer and I love it. It's a totally different ball game than firearm. And I, I still have a lot more practice I need to do. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, but um, it is, it's challenging, mm -hmm. but very rewarding when it works out. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You should talk to uh, Megan Lockwood on the team. She is a phenomenal bow hunter. And I always like, yeah. I'm always asking her questions. I'm always like, she actually let me borrow um, an older bow of hers just so I could get started. Cause I've never, I've never archery hunted. Yeah. I I'm like the first archery hunter in my family. So when I got my bow, I was asking Felicia so many questions cause I, didn't really know who else to ask. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so how did you end up getting hooked up with Women of the Wild? What, um, what was your first experience? How did that all start? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think I had been following the page for a bit and it was last, last year, probably it would have had to have been just before springtime when I found the page and everything, but I just remember they posted the bow fishing trip. Hmm. And I was like, you know, that was right after I had gotten my new bow and everything too. So I was all just all about it. And I was, you know, I thought, man, I really want to bow fish. And yeah. this would be a great opportunity because the event was hosted in Wisconsin, which wasn't that far of a drive for me. Um, and I was like, well, it's with a bunch of random people, but what could go wrong? Well, <laughs> it that whole weekend, I think, just changed everything for me. Um, it was such a great time. And um, I surprised myself at actually being able to get some fish. 
You didn't think you would? I don't know. I, I just did better than I thought I would. It's very challenging. Um, but, you know, it's it's just very different. Um, yeah. I've told I've told Felicia that I wanted to go on one of our boat fishing, one of our boat fishing trips because I've never boat fished. Really need to, yeah. And I think that I think it sounds so cool. It is. I I would say it's one of the coolest things to do because it's at night. Yeah. You're all like hyped up, and you're like, "This is my crazy Saturday night." It's just shooting some fish. Like it's just even saying that. Like I'm gonna go shoot some fish. Like that just sounds insane, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it. the other thing too was we were shooting these huge carp and gar, and I, I I've never seen any of those fish, at least in the lakes and stuff I've fished at up mm -hmm. here in the UP. I know we have them here, but I had never really seen them before either. And I was like, man, these are weird looking. <laughs> this is some crazy stuff we've got going on here. That's yeah. cool. That's so um, cool. So, so how many events have you done with us? What, what all have you done? Let's see. I did the bow fishing trip, obviously. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know I did the the early goose weekend. That I'm that kicked off waterfowl for you, didn't you? Didn't it? Oh, that that just spiraled the addiction I now have. <laughs> <laughs> In the best way. That weekend changed everything. Yeah. Yeah, and then you actually ended your waterfowl season with Women of the Wild as well, right? I did. Yes, it was it was very special to be able to do that. That's really cool. That's really really cool. So was this your first year of of waterfowl? It absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah, at the rate I'm going, it's yeah, I I I bought a flat bottom boat a few months ago. <laughs> And probably gonna have my shed full of decoys at, at this rate. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It's, it's just so much fun. I mean, like I love turkey hunting, I love deer hunting, but what's so nice about duck hunting and goose hunting and all that is just the camaraderie, right? Because you get to sit there with a group, you get to talk, you get to just Yeah, you don't have to be quiet yeah. the whole time. Yeah. 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 And it's nice to actually be able to hunt with people like yeah exactly. you know, like if, yeah well like if you're even if you're like turkey hunting like you could maybe have one or two people with you in a blind yeah. or something but i mean for the most part you're not you're not hanging out with a whole group so so what made you sign up for waterfowl i mean if this is the first time you've ever done it like what what inspired you to be like hey why don't we give this a try well, it's something I always thought looked fun, but I didn't know anyone who duck hunted up here, really. Mm. Of course, now I do. I've I've networked my way around, but but yeah, I was like, well, this is a, a perfect opportunity to to give it a try. So, what are some of the things that you? I mean, now that you've you've done some of our events, you know, you've you've kind of networked your way around and everything with with some of the people that that really associate themselves with us. What are some of the things that are on your bucket list now? What are what are things that you're like, oh, I definitely am trying this or we better get this event because I want to do it? Well, if I were to list off everything, Linda, this podcast would probably be well over an hour. Um, okay. <laughs> but, Fair but, enough. Um, just, just like, like the top five or ten. All right. Yeah. Like, let's yeah, not go crazy. 
No, that's, that's a good, that's a good amount. Um, well, I, gosh, I definitely want to go out West next year um, for pronghorn or antelope or mule deer, anything like that. Um, definitely want to get my first muskie this summer. Ah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Oh, definitely have Alaska on my list for someday. Um, Did you listen to our podcast um, with uh, Tana? I did, yeah. She's freaking amazing. That woman is... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you definitely need to... My jaw dropped during the bear story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You definitely need to network with her, get connected. Um, I've been to Alaska, not not with her, but I've been to Alaska. Okay. It's gorgeous up there. It is so pretty. My favorite part, people think that I'm kind of crazy, but like we flew into Anchorage and we drove to Fairbanks and we did it in March. And it was the most gorgeous drive I have ever had in my life. Oh, like, I can imagine. And I have like a hundred and some pictures of mountains. Like I didn't realize you could take that many pictures of mountains, but I did. So I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need to, you definitely need to connect with her and, and either do some kind of retreat that she's got going on or figure that out because it'll be amazing. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, And then I guess another thing I really want to tackle this year, um, it's honestly just my first steelhead. Like, oh, I've only yeah. caught little brook trout kind of stuff in the rivers. Never. I know there's plenty of places to get those here, but I've gone a couple times and they have, the fish have gotten the best of me every time. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and then another thing, too, um, I would really like to get my first black bear um, maybe this year. Um, in Michigan, it's a bit more difficult to get a tag. It's kind of a points and kind of a draw system but actually in minnesota i think there's an over-the-counter unit that i'm gonna try to look into Mm. so 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 we have bears right behind our house and (laughs) you can come to new york and you are more than welcome to come and shoot all of the bears behind my house well don't don't tempt me with a good time now I'm not kidding. So I have, there's this one bear, there's this one bear that I have been stalking for two years now. Really? Oh yeah. Now I got to tell you this. So he comes in, like, we know where, we know where he's going. We, we have his path down and he takes the same path every, every year. So we're not exactly sure where the den is, but we have like where he's hibernating and everything at, but we know roughly about. Okay. And he will, it's rude. He's just rude. That's what it is. (laughs) So during, during season, during hunting season, like any other time he'll be out all in the cameras all day long. You'll see him, you'll this, you'll that during hunting season, he comes to, he comes past our food plot and he goes on this trail right before daylight. Uh-huh. And then he comes back through the food plot right after dark. Wow. <laughs> Every time. I can't tell you how many times. Like, I almost broke my phone the one time because we have those cameras that go, like, the cell phone cameras. Yep. And I sat up there day after day 
after day after day waiting for this. <laughs> and I would come home and I'd be taken off my camo and I would hear ding, ding. Oh, that's the I'm worst. like, you're yeah. a jerk. <laughs> they, they get smart. Yeah, yeah, well, and the one time, because I was so mad about it, I was like, I'm going to sit here. I am <laughs> going to sit here. And my husband, like, messages me, and he's like, babe, it is getting dark. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, just a few more seconds. He's like, right. honey, think about this. If you <laughs> shoot this bear, you are in the dark with a bear. <laughs> like... That's I'm like, true. I'm like, all right, fair enough. I'm going to get down. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, he goes, you really need to get like moving. And the problem is, is like where our food plot is, is like, I feel like it stays lighter in that area longer, if that makes sense. Huh. Like the way it is, it just seems like it stays longer because you'll get down and you'll start walking and you'll be like, wow, it's really dark. Like. And I don't know if it's just more because it's open in that area and you have to walk through the woods to kind of come out. But I, uh, it, it was so funny when he's like, Linda, you're, you're in the woods in the dark with a bear. Like, think about yeah. this. <laughs> right. So yeah, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome to come to New York and, uh, and shoot a bear anytime. We, we have a plethora of them and we'd like to get rid of them. Well, I would be more than happy to help you out. There you go. <laughs> There you go. So, so you can put that, you know, New York bear yeah. that on your list there. So, Definitely. yeah. And if you'd like to go salmon fishing, we've got, we've got good salmon oh, up yeah. here too. So deal, you know, and I, I love that you're talking about all of this because so many people don't realize how many opportunities are in New York. Everyone, cause everyone just thinks, Oh, the city. It's like, no, there's the whole state. It's not just that spot. <laughs> It's funny that you say that because so like I'll tell people, you know, whenever they ask about, you know, where are you from? I'll be like, I'm from New York. And they'll be like, how do you trap with all those buildings? <laughs> like I live on 71 <laughs> acres in the middle of nowhere. There are no buildings. Like no buildings. Oh, yeah. So it's funny. But, you know, like the UP, I got to tell you. So I went up to the UP my first time that I was in the UP was about four years ago and you mm -hmm. cross that bridge and it's like you're in a whole nother world yeah I, it's like i went back to like the the 1930s or something like yeah. Yeah, time has stopped in a few of those towns yeah <laughs> yeah like i couldn't get over how and it's so <laughs> beautiful it is and now a short word from our sponsors do you enjoy the great outdoors and hope to share that excitement with your kids? Now you can through Dr. Josh Farr's great collection of books. Share your love of nature while also teaching valuable life lessons on friendship and learning the alphabet with books like the ABCs of Hunting. Plus, the ABCs of Hunting workbook is the perfect learning tool to captivate young readers and create a foundation for your future hunter. Find out more about these and other books from Dr. Josh Farr at drjoshfarr.com. That's D-R-J-O-S-H-F-A-R-R.com. Pearls with Guns Clothing is a proud sponsor of Women of the Wilds podcast. If you're looking for hunting gear, be sure to check out our new fall collection, including the launch of our new Artemis Generation 2 lineup. 
With Girls With Guns, you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear. We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to gwgclothing.com and use WILD15 for a discount off of your first order. Hey everyone, Andy from ACC Crappie Sticks. I want to tell you about our full line of vertical jigging and live scoping crappie rods. We have from 10 foot to 13 foot in mid seat to rear seat and available in cork and super grip handles to cover all of your vertical fishing and live scoping needs. Go to acccrappiesticks.com. Thank you. Well, you see, trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in the world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north or in the deep south and anywhere in between, Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safaris, Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service, and Hunting Day Podcast. And now back to the podcast. I got to ask, you know, like now that you've kind of got into the hunting thing and, and you've got some bucket list items, have you been kind of like, figuring out how you can do some of these things that maybe you never thought of up there before? Yeah. So, uh, I guess just going back to waterfowl too, you know, I, I would have never thought I was going to buy a boat and granted it's just, it's just a 15 foot John boat, but it's got, you know, um, some like camo coverings on it and all this stuff. And I totally want to do some work on it and kind of refresh it. So it's really going to be, and really nice sneak boat that I want to use this fall and this whole summer I want to use it for fishing and you know it it's just really interesting how you know in my 20s my mindset went from oh well, I gotta I gotta find people to take me to well if I wait around you know I may never get to go but <laughs> I I have to credit Women of the Wild and Felicia and everyone that I've met just this past year because they're the ones that have like really instilled that confidence and giving me giving me the, the the tools and the things I needed to learn in order to to realize that I think that I think that that's a very powerful message to to women in general like so many of us don't have that confidence and you know we're worried that we're doing it wrong especially with like a firearm or something like that comes into play yeah. where you know safety not that men don't think about safety, but I feel like women have like over an extra anxiety 
You know what I mean? Like we yeah, want everybody I, to be, I agree. <laughs> yeah, like that we want everybody to be safe. We want things to go right. We want to make sure that it's taken care of. And I, I love that you said, you know, I don't have to wait around for people now. I have that right. confidence because I think that's huge. I think that's so empowering to women in general, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm not man bashing, do not take that that in any way. I'm not man bashing, you know, but it's, it's nice to know, like, you don't need to wait for your husband, your boyfriend, you know, your father, whatever to take, to take you out. You know, you can go do these things, feel comfortable in the woods, feel comfortable on a boat and be successful. Yeah. Cause I mean, just to kind of put this to scale you know my first deer hunt it was on private land there was a very easy walk to this blind and everything now I'm like okay like this year I want to go out to some public land spots and check them out myself set up cameras myself like I don't have that fear like I did before um you know when I was fishing last summer I did a lot of kayak fishing so I was like well I want to go whenever I want to go but Mm -hmm. I don't know how to operate a boat by myself completely you know so that's what I did. But now I'm like, okay, you know what? I think I could, I could figure this out. And I have a lot of friends that I can lean on to help me. And that's the other thing too, is, you know, equally realizing your own capabilities, but then also don't be afraid to ask for help. I have always been really bad at that. Yeah. Yeah. Me <laughs> so, too. yeah. So I got to ask, so you went kayak fishing. How many times did you fall over? I never fell over. Wow. No. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I know like when you're when you're reeling that fish in and stuff, like your balance can can get a little like shaky, you know, especially pulling it in. And if you're using a net or anything like that, like your balance can get a little off. So well, good for well, lucky you. For me. Lucky for me that the pan fish and stuff that I caught weren't going to tip me over. So. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'm flattered that you think that I was like catching absolute monsters, but. <laughs> well, I didn't think you were going for, you know, like these, these muskies or anything, but I, uh, I thought, you know, maybe some trout or something that you had going yeah. on. You know what, what is crazy though? Those people down in Florida and down in the South who kayak fish in the ocean and they catch those giant tarpon or whatever that are like the size of the boat. And I couldn't do that. (laughs) How? Yeah. I don't even know how that's even happening. Yeah. So what do they do? They hook them. They, they have to hook them to the side of the boat. Is that what they do? Well, just from pictures I've seen, I think people normally just only lift the head out of the water a little bit. Like, that's all you can do at that point. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Can't bring it in the boat with you. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, like, what do you do with that? How do you, how does that even work? Yeah. I'm definitely going over on that one. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like that yeah. is, that is like a double life jacket. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like that's definitely a double life jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, any, any funny or interesting stories, something maybe that you've learned over the last couple of years, um, you know, that, 
that other women out there might be able to relate to, might be able to just kind of take some humor in anything. Oh, now you're asking me a question I have to like think on. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Well, okay. Maybe I have one. All right. I guess we'll roll with this one. Okay. Um, So something I did for the first time this winter was some rabbit hunting, right? Um, I had my, my 22, you know, and I'm, I'm not a great shot with it yet. (laughs) The the story still proves that, but, um, okay. (laughs) Basically it was me and three other people and rabbit presented itself. I want to say Linda, like 20 feet in front of us. It, It like came running out of this bush, stopped and like stared at all four of us. And granted, you know, it was me with my 22, another person had 22, and um, it was my boyfriend and his brother. They both had some pistols, right? Okay. And, it, and we were like a firing squad at that point at this poor rabbit. <laughs> and, and none of us hit it. Not oh, a single geez. one of us hit it. <laughs> but it was just so funny because when I remember what happened, it just feels like something out of a cartoon. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Like the rabbit just stops and is like, bink, like stares and runs away you know so that's like my turkey story so I gotta tell you <laughs> my turkey story all right so I went turkey hunting for the very well it, actually this was the second year that I went turkey hunting but the first year like I just kind of like sat there and was like okay this is what we do you know what I mean like I wasn't really mm-hmm. hunting so the so the first year I decided I was actually going to hunt hunt um we get in the blind my husband does all the stuff like he calls them in he's got the decoy out there I mean he's doing all the stuff all right so this turkey comes in and there was there was a Jake um a Tom a couple hens you know um and they're all right there and he's like which one are you shooting (laughs) like and I said well I feel like I got a better shot on the Jake and he's like that's fine that's just do that. Not a problem. <laughs> All right. So I'm ready. And I shoot this. And now I have a GoPro. Okay. Like on me, like looking at this. So I shoot this bird. All the birds around it fly away. There's no feathers. Yeah. There's no nothing. The bird that I went and shot looks at me and just walks away. Oh no. Just walk <laughs> away. <laughs> Like it wasn't even like a, a scurry. It was a oh. just walking away. <laughs> and I watched this GoPro. I can't tell you how many times. And I still can't tell you how I didn't hit this bird. Like, <laughs> I cannot tell you. And my yeah. husband's like, what happened? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There's no explanation. And that was the thing that happened that day with the rabbit. Where they all like, you know, my boyfriend likes to, to tease me. He's like, why didn't you hit it? I'm like, what do you mean? I wasn't the only one shooting. So it's like, Why didn't you hit it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's four of us and no one could hit it. So like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, things like that sometimes happen. It's it's very weird. Yeah, it's funny though. I think that- My, my, my mother has a, a story like that with a grouse actually. I remember this when I was a kid, we were at the cabin one fall and my dad, he was either out bird hunting or, or deer hunting. And it was me- my brother and, and her like just hanging out at the cabin like usual and she saw this grouse out in the yard and she's like I'm gonna go get that bird you know and I'm so proud of my mom like because she she doesn't hunt or anything but this is the one memory I have of her like attempting to get any animal okay 
<laughs> she fired this little 22 pistol all around this bird and it <laughs> sat there the whole time while she was emptying this gun and then it flew away after <laughs> so like that's a story we like to tease my poor mother about but but you now it seems like I gotta send my one too so I think that's great though you know because <laughs> that shows other women like these things happen like don't feel discouraged <laughs> yeah like don't feel discouraged it you're not doing I mean obviously you're doing something wrong but you're not like it's not the end of the world you right. know don't let don't let that discourage you from going back out don't let it you know stop you those things happen and we all have them right you know I think that that's really important for for women out there to to really grasp you know like don't think because the first time you went out and shot something it didn't it didn't fall right then and there you know and even whenever you do shoot something and it falls right then and there sometimes you don't know what to do with it (laughs) like (laughs) yeah there's there's a lot of factors that go into hunting that people don't think about and like you know there's I don't know if you've seen Escanaba in the moonlight Mm -hmm. okay so you know they say all all good things come to those who shoot straight but um I also like to say that you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So right. <laughs> Absolutely. I've learned that especially with waterfowl. There's been too many times this past season where, you know, I shot and I surprised myself by actually getting a bird. <laughs> my first duck. My first duck. And that's that's how it went. I was in this uh kind of marshy lake area with a couple friends and a small flock of wood ducks came in and you know we just started blasting as as one would and a couple of them dropped and they were like you just got that drake from like 60 yards I'm like no I didn't they're like yes you did you were the only one that shot at that one oh nice I was like oh like I had no idea you know (laughs) (laughs) that was me It, it was it was like such a memorable day it was that bird was so beautiful and like we don't up here we don't get any birds that are in full plumage usually so like this wood duck was what many would consider like a a teenager male one oh god they're still so beautiful oh yeah Um, yeah ducks are gorgeous yeah like they are they're just absolutely beautiful um when I first met my husband he actually had a whole bunch of ducks that were in the house that were mounted. They were a, a friend of his uh-huh. and along with a whole bunch of other animals. It was funny. Like I used to yeah. call it like the petting zoo and everything. Else. <laughs> I mean, like Derek, well, Derek was in the, in the process of moving. So like you had all my husband's mounts and then you had yeah. all of his mounts. So, I mean, you thought you were like walking in like to Cabela's or something. It was crazy. My, my house is turning into that way. <laughs> Yeah, I always think it's funny when people are like, yeah, you know, hunting, it's, it's like a cheap entertainment. And I'm like, cheap entertainment. No. I'm like, there's what? nothing cheap about it. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you At talking all. about? Like the millions and billions <laughs> of dollars that are spent every year. Like, yeah. and I always laugh when people are like, oh, well, you know, I'm putting food in my freezer. <laughs> You know, I don't want to go to the grocery store and pay those high prices because I'm putting food in my freezer. And granted, Uh I am definitely not the one talking you out of this. But if Uh you're paying 
like a thousand dollars a year for a lease. I feel like yeah. you know, it wasn't it wasn't well, as cheap as you thought. <laughs> no, and I'll I'll tell you right now, um, archery season was very expensive for me because I lost so many arrows because I missed a couple of deer, like just completely yeah. like the arrow like whizzed over their heads. There was one deer I shot at and it just stood there and looked back at me like, what was that? So my archery deer was a very <laughs> expensive deer. But you know, I'm in the same boat. Like I I really love the fact that the only meat I buy these days is, you know, a pack of chicken breast every so often and maybe some shrimp because I've got too much fish, deer, and other things in my freezer now. And this year I actually did something I've always dreamed of. And it was that I purchased a quarter of a cow. Oh, yeah. So I have a ton of locally raised beef. It just, I don't know, that stuff geeks me out. You know what? There. It- even though like there definitely is an expense to hunt, you know, but I, I also look at it as more as an investment, you know, the things that yeah. you're buying and everything, it's definitely investment and you're not buying it every year, but um, mm-hmm. there's definitely something rewarding about knowing that you, you harvest that animal and you provide that food for your family or for you, or, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely something rewarding about it. And that skill, you know, we, we've got Chinese balloons going over top of us and everything else right now, you know, you never know when that skill might come in, in a lot handier than you you want, you know? Right. I think it just goes back to human nature. I mean, that's what our ancient ancestors did. And I think that's why like when people do it and they get that rewarding feeling, like it's probably something that's deep in our instincts somehow. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, and. I just, I like the thought of the ducks and geese that are in my freezer, you know, their quality of life was so much better than the chicken I picked up at Meyer this week, you know, right. right. You know, they're flying around in the marshes, eating bugs, just having a great time and just lived probably a longer life too. You know, people don't realize, people don't realize a lot about where our food comes from and it's almost kind of alarming I think too because we think it's so readily available and you know when things happen like price of eggs going up everyone's suddenly like oh gosh what what now and now I know a lot of people are considering getting chickens it's like well okay there's a lot more to chickens than you think and I myself was even really wanting to get chickens this summer um even before the whole egg price thing but Mm -hmm. I've, I've kind of come to my senses and I realized I think this summer all, all I'm going to want to be doing is be fishing on my boat. So, you know, you have to think about realistic things like that. But yeah, I think I think a lot has changed in society with, you know, a lot of people kind of realizing some of those things about, you know, commercial farming and right. so on. Well, I think it's, I think it's good. Like, I'm not saying everybody needs to be a hunter or have a garden or raise chickens. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I do think that those are valuable skills to have in your arsenal. You know, like maybe, maybe you don't raise chicken, but you now like, because you've been kind of researching and everything, you, you realize what goes into this, you know? Yeah. So if yeah. I, if you wanted to, you're more prepared. Yep. And actually, one other thing from my childhood, 
my parents had two very large gardens and I swear every type of vegetable you could think of we grew you know so I was always used to very very fresh produce mm-hmm. um and you know when my brother and I were kids we were I think used as free labor but you know that was very <laughs> good character building skills and I I know a lot about gardening now and I would love to be able to do that someday too and then again like you said if you know if something happens I would I would know how to do that yeah yeah and you know what in this day and age there's too many people who are walking around looking at cell phones, spending yeah. time on Xbox, everything else. And it's almost, in my opinion, totally my opinion, kind of dumbing us down. Yeah. You know, well, so getting out there. Like a, a less touch of reality, too. Yeah. And like getting out there, breathing in that fresh air. You know, I feel like that my my anxiety, my stress levels so much changes when I'm outdoors, when I'm, when I'm out sitting in a tree stand or sitting in a blind or even gardening and stuff like my anxiety levels change. Yep. Same. You know, and I think that, I think that's something that people need to stop and sit back and think about, you know, like, you know, why, why did our parents or grandparents not not have, there wasn't, everybody wasn't on anxiety meds. Everybody wasn't in depression meds. Everybody wasn't, you know, all these, all these things were not happening. You know, I have a gluten allergy, you know, though that was, that was not even a thing when my grandparents, because our food was processed different, you know, we weren't on cell phones. We, heck you were lucky if you had a TV, let alone, you know, any kind of device, they were outside, they were preparing their own foods, they were harvesting them, they were, you know, and I think that speaks a lot. It does. Yeah. And uh, my, you know, my, my full-time job, I work for a digital marketing agency, and I work from home. Um, You know, I've been working for this company for like three years now. And my first year at the company, it wasn't fully remote. I only went to my office, I think once or twice a week though. So it was really nice. And then of course COVID hit. And at the same time, uh, the building lease was up and my boss was like, well, there's no point renewing that. (laughs) So I've been working remote for, you know, a few years now and it's, it's great. I love the flexibility. I love having my home office. Um, but as soon as five o'clock hits, I'm like, all right, I'm going outside, you know? Yeah. you know, just getting out and getting fresh air and moving. And then of course, when you're hunting, when you're fishing, it just really fully allows me to disconnect from things like that. Um, And I'm super excited to be going on the Audad hunt this spring. And I, you know, I had to tell my bosses like, well, for a few days of this trip, I am gonna be completely off the grid. So if, if something goes wrong, you know, someone's obviously going to handle things while I'm gone, but I just really love the idea and concept that no one will be able to email me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we all need that whole like unplugging to yeah. like kind of just fill our cups back up. You know, yeah. I, I don't feel I feel like there's so many people out there that don't realize how 
like as your battery on your phone is draining, your battery is draining too. Like that stuff is yeah. like soul sucking. It is, you know, and I can't completely knock on social media or anything because, you know, it's part of what my company does, right? right. <laughs> and it's honestly what brought me to Women of the Wild and like more friends and all these other connections I have now. But uh, it's, you know, it's good and it's bad. And we all know why. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, everything has its place. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I try to keep these to roughly about an hour. We're roughly around our hour. Um, is there anything that you would like to tell listeners, you know, um, any kind of bits of advice, what you think, anything? Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the best piece of advice I can give anyone if they were, in a similar situation that I was a few years ago. Like if, if there is something you want to do, like if, if you want to get into waterfowl, if you want to shoot your first deer, any one of those things, there's a way to do it. You just gotta not be afraid to put yourself out there, whether it's, whether, you know, you do have the skills or do know how to set up for that activity. You're just kind of nervous to, to do it. Don't worry about, you know, what people are going to think or, messing up because otherwise, I mean, what's worse is just sitting around and waiting to do it. Um, or if you have, you don't have any equipment, you don't have anything to get started, but you really, really want to, um, there's so many ways to network. And I would definitely say, you know, joining a, a trip of ours is going to be something that not only could possibly get you into that thing you want to try, but just instill that confidence and also just get you connected with people that are like you. Right. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot more ladies these days that are into hunting and fishing, but still it's sometimes it's really hard to find people that are similar to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're going out to the woods, you're not really going to find other people out in the woods. Right. You know, I have learned, um, so since I hit my 40s, I, I have learned that the people that I want sitting around my table, you know, the people that I want in my life, people that are my tribe, um, I, I have to be more choosy, you know, because I am in, you know, I'm in trapping and I'm outdoors and stuff like that. And so, you know, not everybody gets that, but yeah. the ones that I do have sitting there are the ones who encourage me, the ones that are excited to hear about the, that next, yeah. that next trip, that next hunt, you know, they're the ones that you, you message on your way to a job interview and they make you cry because they tell you how <laughs> awesome that you are. You know, yep. those, those are the people that you want in your life. And sometimes Absolutely. to find them, you, you need to go and sign up for a group that, you know, nobody in, you know, yeah. because how are you going to meet those people if you don't put yourself in that situation? So I think that's great advice. I absolutely do. Yeah. I think just the number one thing is don't be scared or nervous about anything because you're going to make a mistake regardless. Right. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to shoot at a rabbit a thousand times and still miss or, <laughs> um, you know, this, that, the other thing. Yeah. It's just, gosh, I, yeah. I agree. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk to me this afternoon. Um, I know there's probably a million other things that you could be doing, but 
I, I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you. And thank you so much for your time, Samantha. Yeah, thanks so much, Linda. This was great. And I'm super ecstatic to be here. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors, ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls With Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.